Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything live call-in show for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. Joined, as always, by fellow co-host Josh Hart. Josh, what's going on? Not too much, you know. Enjoying uh, uh, the time. Turn around. It was dreary forever. And, you know, Raptors are playing basketball. What could be better? Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, mostly we're going to talk about Summer League, I think, today. Um, and I think... As far as Summer League teams go, this one for the Raptors is not bad. I think there's a nice, interesting mix of guys who we know will have roster spots on, on the team. Obviously with Scotty, with Precious, and with Malachi. And then a whole bunch of guys who the Raptors are trying to basically see what they have in terms of like finding one or two diamonds in the rough. And you got guys signed to training camp deals. You got guys signed to two-way deals. And they're basically all trying to compete. Uh, the theme so far, largely, is that they're, we're just going to get a whole bunch of 6-9 forwards and see which one sticks. It does kind of remind me of, like, um, I was, you know, I, I don't know if you, you know, if you've ever wanted to buy, like, discount headphones on, on, on Amazon, for example. There's, like, a million, like, Bluetooth earbud headphones, right? But you don't know which one's good. They're all, like, priced between, like, 30 to $50 or something like that. So you end up buying, like, three or four to see which one works. And eventually one of them actually turns out to be a pretty good deal and it's pretty functional. That's how it kind of feels with the Raptors with their 6-9 forwards at the moment. It's just sort of like just trying to testing them out, returning them and stuff. So it's... Uh, like they just typed in AirPods alternative to Alibaba, ordered the top three results, you and know, then we'll just see what happens. That's that's the whole vibe. So in terms of guys I like right now, I will say that uh, the two guys I think that stand out to me are Ish Wainwright, which I've already talked about on the podcast, and, um, and, and also Champagne as well. Um, I think... Coming in, I kind of expected them to be similar styles of players. And, um, you know, I, I think I expected um, maybe to be more impressed with Champagne at first. Mostly because we saw him in college um, and sort of doing that sort of same sort of 3 and D role. I, I liked his rebounding as well. And I think in the first game, he made a number of really nice plays. Um, but I think as the games have gone on, I think it's been undeniable that Wainwright has had a bigger impact. Um, and he's gotten more minutes as well. 
Um, so I would say he's probably in the lead for me. But um, the one surprising thing with Summer League so far has been, like, I don't think we've seen anything from David Johnson, like, at all, which has been uh, a little disappointing. Uh, well, there's no need to uh, slander Sam Decker. He's Is he with the team yet? Like, he's just he's showing up for training camp at the end of September and we'll just see yeah. what he looks like then? Yeah, basically. I looks think... like he was able to hit the three at a really elite level in uh, Europe, so... I, yeah, I mean, I, I, in terms of what Sam is bringing with his size, I think that in terms of his game, I, I like the size. I think that is something that he can sort of play a bit of a power forward game. Um, like he could body a guy a little bit and, and to sort of, um, you know, at least freeze the defender and then put the shot up. Seems to cut. I don't know, man. I mean, I watched the highlight reels as well of, of the Turkish league. It's really hard to sort of um, just take one for one of what what, what would work. Um, like, we saw Shengun yesterday, for example, and, you know, clearly he was very accomplished uh, when playing overseas, but uh, in the game yesterday, the amount of times the Raptors roasted this man, it was um, it was hilarious, man. It felt like me in high school, or me in middle school, really. I was just, just getting big head jokes, basically. Yeah, the thing Shengun, like, Unless he's able, he everybody blew by him. Malachi made him look like food a mm. couple times, um, and Malachi's fast. It's, it's nothing against him, but on offense he has this, you know, great ability of many European bigs to be um, better passers than I think NBA defenses anticipate um, forwards to be. Mm. So they have an advantage. I'm not sure how real, like how sustainable that'll be once. Like if he is going like not no disrespect to Malachi, he's an NBA guy, but he was getting blown by everybody. Like mm-hmm. and that's gonna happen all the time in the NBA. Um, so I think that like the excitement should be a little a little tempered. Yeah. But um, he's, he's had an, an really impressive um, summer league showing. I hope that I mean this team's gonna be this Rocket team is gonna be not very good next year. So maybe he'll get, maybe he'll get to play a ton. Yeah, I, I saw someone on Twitter say that the, the Rockets going to be much improved defensively this season, and I had no idea what what, what that what are they was coming from. About? Yeah, no, you know, I, and look, look, S, I, I do like you on Twitter, man. Uh, enjoy your content, you know, you're a great content creator. Uh, but yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I just didn't know, man. I, I I didn't know about the, the the Rockets defense there. I mean, like they had some specialists, like Garuba, for example, is I would think a defensive specialist. Definitely not an offensive specialist, and he was also getting dropped repeatedly. Uh, it was it was just you know Houston Rockets basketball. Like this is a team that lost twenty games in a row last year. Maybe they won't lose twenty in a row this year. Uh, hopefully, honestly, I, I don't want to see Steven Silas have to go through that. Man, he he just looks like perpetually sad. But um, yeah, hopefully that's not. Uh... The Rockets will be fun though. The Rockets and Sacramento are going to have a game that's like one forty seven, one forty one, mm. and it'll be just pure vibes. Yeah. And, That'll be fun, but uh, I do not believe that they will be a very good uh, team next year. Jalen Green's fun, Jaylen, though. Jalen Green's fun as hell. Yeah, yeah he's fun. That guy rules. Because I didn't really notice this until yesterday's game. Because I, I saw some of him. I, I saw, like, full games of him playing in, in, the, in the G League, stuff like that. Um, like, he gets really low for a guy who's pretty big. But he's also, like, so quick. No matter where he's going, he's going quickly. And he's getting low. He gets low like, you know, a Chris Paul would get low, even though he's like six, six like six foot tall, basically. Um, and, and 
then he's also able to get from that low position after changing speeds to like then rise up and shoot. Like you're just gonna be able to get your shot off pretty much whenever you want if you have that sort of in your game. I don't even know what to compare it to. I think the Zach Levine comparison was thrown out there a lot. I could see that, you know, I think obviously they I think both it's have like the, the athleticism. Bounce. It's the it's the athleticism. Yeah. Um. I don't know, man. He's just he's fun. He he's fun to watch. I I really thought the Raptors had very very little ish, um, answers for what he could do defensively. The the guy who probably did the best defensively on him was probably Ish Wainwright, who again I'm, I'm just gonna make this a personal vendetta to or a personal agenda to to uh, to to have him make the roster. But um, you know, so you think he's a main roster guy? He's like the Paul Watson of this this upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think so. I think, um, the, well, first off, the two ways are spoken for, right? So, you know, you don't have to worry about uh, yeah. that's sort of out of the equation. It's really just about whether he makes the roster. Um, you know, I, I think there'll be heavy competition, right? You'll, I think the competition right now is Utah, Sam Decker. Uh, you have um, Ish. You have Isak Bonga. Yeah. Yeah. You a big fan of Isak Bonga? Come on. <laughs> so, I mean, out of that group, I mean, we'll see who sort of uh, succeeds. I think Utah should make the team based, based on what he saw, what he showed last year. Uh, and I kind of do feel they bad that he has to come. Deal, right? Yeah, he, they did. They that bumped the this- partial guarantee higher, so it wasn't just like whatever. But, like, you know, we know what Utah can do. Uh, we saw that his personality is a nice fit. He seemed, seemed like a fan favorite as well. Maybe, again, because um, maybe I'm biased. But uh, but Here is. I he's, know he's, he's in played. Vegas. He's okay. in Vegas. He just hasn't played yet because apparently he's got an ankle injury, which does suck to make him fly after playing in Japan straight to Vegas to then not play. Apparently there was a, I saw on this Japanese page that um, you know apparently there weren't enough chairs on the bench, so Yuta had to go collect chairs just for himself to sit on. Then he had to sanitize that thing himself. I'm like, yo, come on, man. What are you talking this about? This guy would get better service at like a like at a at like a restaurant. Like he would get better service at a McDonald's, basically, man. What's going on? He just got to wipe his own chair. Like he's an NBA player, man. Please give this man some respect. Anyway, that's unbelievable. Well, shout out you to hope to hope you get well soon. And um, I would be surprised if you didn't make the final roster, which I guess it means there's one. How many spots left? Have you already started like preparing for? Um, Training camp? Have I started preparing for training camp? No, I, I'm mostly preparing to take a, a quick vacation before training camp starts. I, uh, I feel I feel a little burnt out, quite honestly. But um, well, that's uh, what about Anas Mahmoud? Is he uh, is he there? He is there. You just rarely see him play. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Elite name though, and again, the Raptors really. I mean, that that's cool though. I think that's something where the Raptors really looked at the the basketball in Africa league. Took a guy who showed some promise there, was a really good defensive player, and brought him over and gave him a chance. And whether he makes the team or not, that's like a that's like a monumental thing. But the fact that he's even invited the summer league—I mean, how many guys who played in the ball? Are, I mean, are he in went to league? Louisville. He like uh, was on a summer league roster for the Hawks a couple years ago. He's like an NBA adjacent prospect. Mm. I'd like to see him break through. Um, because he's been so great in the NBA Africa League, and it's it's cool to see that it's not Siberia at all. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, there are a couple of um, European leagues that guys can go to and really still be um, that people are like paying close attention to. And there are other leagues in Europe that I don't think NBA scouts are paying 
the same kind of attention to. So it's cool to see that the NBA Africa League is in that, you know, tier of leagues that scouts and front office folks keep a close enough eye on. Yeah. But uh, we have our first caller. Uh, Vipasha from Toronto <laughs> wants to talk about uh, the near Canadian heritage moment Scotty Barnes put on yesterday uh, evening. Vipasha, welcome to the show. Hi. Hey. Hi. Can you hear me? Yep. Hello. Hi, uh, can you hear us? Yeah, I guess. Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I was just going to say, I've been kind of, um, so I know Scotty Barnes hasn't had the most, like, he hasn't put up the stats in his summer league games, but I've been impressed with, like, the flashes he's shown. And even, I, I did not think a missed dunk could look impressive until yesterday when he almost made that dunk, <laughs> that windmill dunk. I was like, what is going on here? This, it's, this is, like, almost Giannis-esque. No, he missed it because, you know, he went up against Usman Garuba, who I think is supposed to be, like, a really good defender. But, yeah, that was wild. Yeah, no, that would have been a... I think the, probably the play of Summer League if he had made that. Because it seemed like Scotty plays with a lot of anger. Well, not even anger. He just plays a lot of intensity. Um, especially if he's sort of been uh, uninvolved in the offense for a while. Which it has seen in the last two games where the, the offense just hasn't naturally flown uh, fl- uh, flown towards his way. And he uh, sort of hasn't... I mean, I mean, he's made two field goals the last two games, right? Each. So that's, uh, that's not ideal. Yeah. But um, I-, I think what was really fun was... Right before that play happened, uh, there was a drive, and Scotty tied up the drive. Um, I think it was from Shengun, so he tied up the center, forced a jump ball, won the jump ball, tipped it, uh, you know, to uh, to Malachi. It was a direct fast break, and then the ball came back to Scotty, who was trailing on the play when he tried to dunk it. So it, it's really about the the two way yeah. sequence there. Um, and, and I know that like defense is a lot less sexy than offense, especially at summer league. But, um, I mean, five blocks for him, forced the jump ball there, forced a number of turnovers. I love the way he was pressing. Um, he would pick up. It's always interesting to me, like, how far players feel comfortable in picking up their defense. And it's like anywhere within the half court. Scotty will go over there and pick up the ball, yeah. pressure the ball. You don't see him getting challenged very often by players. Players are next year. Yeah, players are mostly not looking to take him on. If they have Scotty on them and they want to attack, they're calling for a screen and trying to get a switch. But uh, you know that's that's been fun. So yeah, I think it's been fun to see Scotty like pick up guards as well mm-hmm. as like have the blocks, like because he's so versatile defensively. So he'll like block a jumper, but then he'll also like try to pickpocket a guard, if you will. Um, so it's been fun to kind of see him do that. Even like his offense, even though it's not like it'll come, I guess, but like. Yeah, I think in the first game, like, every single basket he made, he was, like, trying something different, yeah. which I appreciated versus him, like, trying to jack up, like, five quarter threes or anything like that. He was, like, trying different things. Uh, so, yeah, I think it'll be fun to see. This 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 Raptors, I think the impression that I get just from, like, the summer league games is, like, it's going to be a fun team to watch. Like, even if they don't win, like, a lot of games, and they might win a lot of games. They might go to the playoffs. I think they they have that potential. But even, like... If we just take it from, like, you know, don't have too many expectations and just kind of, like, watch the young guys, it'll be really fun. Yeah, he's been, yeah, he's going to make great TV. Um, 
I know that people have been excited about running transition. It's just going to be going to be fun to watch. I, I, I totally I do worry about Scotty Barnes's intensity leading to lots of fouls, um, especially because he's a rookie and do, yeah. rookies never get you know very favorable whistles. I know in college he was able to play good defense without fouling, but. I don't know. I can see that being like a kind of groaner um, early in the season. Mm-hmm. And he can't do the thing where he picks up guys full courts and claps yeah. in their faces. That stuff is cool in college, but um, it's going to be tough. What if he gets like a technical because he pulls off like that kind of a theatric? I can see that happening. <laughs> that would be really weird. But I, I feel like based on some of the stuff that he'll do sometimes, like he'll be so intense. I kind of worry that in like the wrong... If it's, like, almost at the wrong moment, it could kind of get, like, a ref could just take something the wrong way, and next thing you know, he's, like, fouled out with, like, six, six fouls, and he has a technical on top of that. Yeah. But that could just be fun. That It might just be fun to have a guy who will, uh, you know, get into scraps. It's been, yeah. you know, I've missed, I've missed Serge uh, being the uh, enforcer on the team. Mm. Do you believe in Scotty Barnes as a future enforcer? That'd be fun. That's fair. I'm not drafting an enforcer with the fourth pick, guys. The fourth pick should not be fighting. Someone should fight on behalf of the fourth pick, please. I I don't want him out of the game. (laughs) I guess so. But I don't know. I can see him... I'm trying to think of a high pick. Like, John Wall would fight. Yeah, but John Wall's John Wall, so... John Wall do a lot of things, actually. (laughs) Anyway. um, Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. And, um... Yeah. All right, we're going to try to bring in Alex. Uh, we're going to try to bring in Alex from Vancouver. How's it going, guys? What's going on? Wow, you were right hey, there. Hey, Alex from Vancouver, how's it going? Um, I'm doing good. How are you guys? Um, I just wanted to talk a bit about kind of like uh, fan feelings towards the front office moves this offseason. Mm. Uh, I noticed a lot of kind of like resentment uh, at a bit of the passivity. Um, you know, like people are really upset about us not getting like maybe a Rashawn Holmes or maybe going after one of the more expensive uh, RFA bigs, maybe like a John Collins or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, we're kind of like, our franchise is kind of like stuck in the middle right now. Like, you know, we have some good veterans, but we're not really like at a point where we compete. Um, like, what do you think the best direction for this franchise is to go right now? Because like, I just don't want to be stuck in the middle. I don't want to be the eight seed to get bounced by Brooklyn in four games. So like, what do you guys think we should do? Yeah, I don't think they're stuck in the middle. I think what they're... I think not every single team in the middle is stuck in the middle. I think um, the, the the front the front office was pretty clear in terms of if you listen to Bobby Webster interviews that he's done recently, uh, he was actually pretty transparent about the whole thing. Look, he he sees the situation similar to 2014, 2015, which is you have some you have some young vets on the team who have potential to still grow or at least embrace um, a bigger role. Um, you know, you have that core and sort of in place, and then you have younger guys on the bench, you know, who have some potential, have a lot of athleticism, who may or may not pop, and you're sort of trying to evaluate that. And I think they're, they're just going to basically look at it in terms of, all right, where is this team going to look like in the in, at the trade deadline? Which seems, which where they're, they're going to look like, you know, um, you know, are they going to make the playoffs or not? Not going to make the playoffs. Like I think they're just kind of evaluating as they go. It's still a very flexible team. Like I think being stuck in the middle is sort of like a team that has really capped out. Um, they have a defined ceiling. They don't really have any additional moves to make. Like for example, Portland is like a team I think is stuck in the middle, right? Like they're 
not really ever going to win the championship at all with the current squad they have. They have better players, right? I think, like, you know, um, obviously Dame is better than whoever the Raptors have, and they can move Dame uh, if they want. But their team is stuck in the middle. They have nothing else to really can do. Don't really have a lot of prospects really there. So they're kind of stuck. The Raptors have contracts that they can move. If they want to trade Pascal tomorrow, clearly there's a big market for Pascal. And this is after a, a down season where he's also coming off shoulder surgery. So there's already a trade market for him. There's, there would be a trade market for Fred if the Raptors tried to trade Fred. OG clearly would be a nice trade asset if they wanted to move OG. Gary, in, in his new deal, probably less value than the other three players, but still a guy who could be very movable considering shooters. Um, making sixteen, seventeen million over the next two years is you know totally doable, and then they have all these these young guys. So I mean, like, I don't know. They're not really stuck. They're really just trying to evaluate. If these guys take their opportunities next season, then um, then they'll they'll keep rolling with it. If they don't, then they'll try to make some more moves. Um, I don't know. It's it's I guess less satisfying because it's not as like black and white as they're tanking or they're competing. But um, this is just kind of how they build. They build from the middle. And they did it previously with their previous iterations of this team, and it kind of worked out for them. So I think they're trying to not replicate the formula, but at least take the same approach. Yeah, I guess for this Eastern Conference is less scary because I don't see the Brooklyn Nets staying at the top for a decade-long run like we lived with LeBron James's, you know, run at the top of the Eastern Conference. Um, I think that, you know, any team from... I guess you'd have to take like uh, the Bucks and the Nets at the very top of the conference, but probably teams three through ten can see themselves winning the conference in three or four years, and the Raptors are there. So I, I kind of like the position that they're in because I, you know, I don't think that the middle here holds for very long. Um, but Alex, I interrupted you. Um. So would you guys kind of like us? I kind of see. I get you were saying that we're not really stuck in the middle, but I guess my point was, uh, would you rather see us um, patiently kind of like build around this quote-unquote young core of Pascal, OG, Fred, and eventually Scotty Barnes, or would you like to see us maybe uh, potentially package a, a Fred and a Pascal eventually when their market value is a little bit more trending up after last season to God, really get uh, a, a star player? I think if I'm going to be completely honest, it's more likely to me that these guys are packaged for, you know, better players than they are to be retained and built around like a like um, you know, for six or seven years the way Kyle and Demar were. And even I mean, and 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 that's nothing against these guys. That's just the reality of the league and sort of the way the Raptors operate. They bring guys, develop them, they sign up to reasonable contracts, and then when the opportunity strikes, they flip them for players. Uh, you know, depending on sort of what their situation is. So, like, when you look at the title team, Kyle was the guy who was here a long time. Yeah, he, he was traded as well, but clearly developed here in Toronto. He was the sort of that's, that, that, that's an icon piece. And then you have JV, who you developed. You flip that into Marcus Gasol. You, you had Terrence Ross, who you developed. You flip that into Serge Ibaka. You have DeMar, who you developed. You flip that into Kawhi, right? And, and there are some other young pieces on the team that were, you know, contributors as well. Fred, Pascal, Norm. Um, but largely speaking, what you what you had was people getting flipped for upgrades, and when the time was, yeah, was called for, yeah, so. flip for Danny Green. Yeah, that also you know was a factor. We got a great podcast. <laughs> Danny Green was good in podcast uh, two of the four series. Yeah. So, 
Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, what, he's I, been passed around a bit. I feel for Danny Green. <laughs> me too, man. Yo, stop getting traded and get your damn ring from Toronto, man. Please. It's been two years. It's been two years, man. So, anyway. I think secretly someone on the staff just stole it. They're rocking Danny Green's ring. He's never getting it back. <laughs> he's getting the twenty dollar <laughs> replica. It's stole my desk at the office, which I haven't been to since COVID. So. Um, all right, Alex, I appreciate the call. This, I think it was, a, it was a really good question, and it's something that we're going to have to constantly ask ourselves like as the season goes on, and that's something the front office will be doing yeah. too. So I don't uh, think it's going to be answered. No. Yeah. All right, thanks, guys. All right, thanks, Alex. All right, we got Will from Kitchener. Wants to talk about Gary, Gary Trent Jr. What's, go, what's good, Will? Yo, how you doing? How you doing, Will? Big fan. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, do you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. Yeah. I'm good. Um, I have a question, like, you know, uh, about Gary Trent Jr. and Fred. I feel like those two don't work good together. I feel like when Gary's on the court. Wait, hold on. Well, you're cutting cutting out a little bit, man. You might have to say that again. This is a a tough show. um, This this is the summer league of of the Raptors over everything live. It is. It is. It's summer league, definitely, man. The production is tough. (laughs) Will he ask Trent Jr.? Do you see a problem with them uh, fitting together on the court? Uh, do I see a problem with them fitting together on the court? Uh, not necessarily. I think you might see the, a problem sort of uh, in terms of that's not enough play creation from your backcourt. Um, because Gary is a guy who's he's, right now he's shown to be strictly a play finisher. Um, so, you know, obviously the ball swings over to, to Gary. He shoots the ball. You know, he honestly has a, 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 an offensive skill set that I, I actually really do like, and I think that you can build off of. But make that more uh, efficient, actually, just by sort of changing the types of shots he's, he's taking and stuff like that. But he's not going to create anything for anybody other than himself, maybe. And so, what you're really left with is a front court that only has, or back court that only has Fred, who's creating, which is a problem because if you go back through pretty much since Colin Demar got together in 2012, 2013. You had Kyle and DeMar, both guys who could play make. DeMar, at first, wasn't that much of a playmaker either, but clearly could handle the ball, clearly could get downhill. Once you could do that, really just about learning the reads in terms of when to feed the big, when to kick it out, stuff like that. But he can get places with the ball, so he could create, and eventually became a really good play create, uh, you know, uh, facilitator, and now he's essentially a point guard now. So, you know, that's awesome. Um, so you had him, and then you had Kyle. And then when DeMar moved on, you had Danny Green with Kyle, but you had Kawhi. Kawhi was so good that you really didn't need to sort of worry too much about the play creation. Plus, you got Marcus All at the center position, which was a great piece of uh, playmaking. And you had Pascal who can create his own shot. Obviously, the title team was the title team. It was awesome. No real problems with that team. Yeah. Then when Kawhi moved on, then Fred joined the starting five with Kyle. And even though that's, that front court was, or that back court was undersized, both guys can playmake. Both guys were point guards. Both guys can give you six, seven assists per game at least. That worked perfectly fine. Now, this is the first time in almost a decade where you only have one of the two guards being playmakers um, in the backcourt. So uh, I, I do wonder how that's going to fit because I, I do think that that's going to put an additional strain on Pascal to create. That's going to put an additional strain, maybe even on OG to create. And those guys aren't necessarily the greatest creators at the moment. I mean, they can, they're can they better creating for themselves than they are creating for others. Um, but... It's just a lot for Fred to carry because you're, the two guards not going to be creating. The center, whoever it is, whether it's Kem, whether that's Precious, whoever, 
they're not going to be creating. Um, so, yeah, I could just see, like, offense sort of being a struggle in general. I, in terms of just the raw skill sets, though, I don't really see that much of an issue. It's really just about where is the playmaking coming from in the starting five, other than two guys. Yeah, and I was thinking, like, I went to go look at uh, NBA Stats and Info. They haven't played that many, like, seven games, 100 or so minutes. The offensive rating is, like, 107. So it's not, an, it's not, yeah. I, like, it's not... It's average. Yeah, it's average. I guess, the, I don't know, the problem in that case makes me think it's, again, that sort of Fred problem, where he's bottom half of the bottom half of point guards in attacking the rim and like 18th percentile in success rate when he pressures the rim like it will getting people moving downhill and uh, pressuring the rim from the guard position will be a, a priority for this team's um training camp like it's it's what they need to work on and i'm not sure what the easy answers are to but i yeah like the half like uh, the Raptors having problems creating offense in the half court has been a problem for two years now. Like, I'm not... Mm-hmm. Why are we... I don't think it's on Fred or Gary that it's a problem. It's It's been a problem. Like, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, even when they won, like, 53 games uh, in, in 72... 50, they won 53 out of 72 in, um, in the COVID season, like... Yeah. That team offensively still wasn't that good um, in the half court. No. They were, like... 18th, 19th in the league in terms of points per possession. We saw the Celtics series. And we saw the Celtics series, yeah, which I still would like to forget about. Um, I know people have been making these, um, you know, my fall plans, you know, Delta variant jokes. I was very tempted to make a my fall plans Delta variant joke with Norm Powell and Marcus Smart. Didn't do it because that's (laughs) way too painful um, even now. But, yeah, I mean, offense was a struggle then. And... You know, you don't have the scoring from Surge in that center position anymore. I mean, I think Kem and Precious can give you buckets in terms of rolling, but they need to be created for, whereas Surge, at least, you can always go to him in the pop. Um, and he was probably more of a reliable finisher than either of those two guys around the basket. So, offense is going to be a struggle. And, you know, even if you do lead the NBA in fast-break scoring, and the Raptors still were able to do that, or at least in the top five, even last season when they were garbage... Um, you know, <laughs> like it's it's still just not enough. Like that's only like twenty twenty five points per game. Maybe if you're really prolific, you can get twenty five points per game in transition. Where are you going to score the other eighty points in the game? Right, and so that's that's the part where I do wonder. But uh, you know, we'll see, man. We'll see. We will see. You think Chris Boucher can uh, recreate his first month of the season production over the course of the whole year? Uh. Yeah, why not? Sure, I'm, you know what? I'm I'm reticent to comment on Chris at this point. So he's got he's got to have a big season. I'm I, I'm excited for him. Mm. Yeah, yeah. All right, we have Mark from Edmonton who wants to talk about two way contracts. I guess Mark from Edmonton's a burner for a Blake Murphy. But welcome to the show. Uh, yes, hello. Uh, long time listener, first time caller. Um, I'd just like to know, uh, since the Raptors already signed uh, David Johnson and Champagne to two-way contract, uh, does that mean that guys like Banton at Wade Wright can only get one way, or they can add more two-ways, or they can get flip-flop? Yeah, so I mean, basically, yeah, that you're going to need to sign them to the official roster at this point. Um, which, I mean, who knows, maybe... I don't know, I would say like one or two of these guys can get there. 
but I, I think the more likely thing would probably be I could see Banton going to the 905 and and not mm-hmm. officially signed to a Raptors contract. Um, I think that's probably most. Li- yeah, as we talked about Josh earlier, like he's really going to be the first Raptor to commute to work. Like this guy's really going to be taking the TTC and then transferring to the My Way. And, and, Forty-five. Go to Islington Station. Grab the My Way. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta look that up, man. How, how, is this guy gonna have to transfer buses right, right outside of Cloverdale? Because this is. All right, thank Please. you. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I, I, well, did I, I tell you? Huh? What's up? Did I tell you about my um? So my uh, maternal great grandmother was a Banton, and oh, sick. mother grew up in the same community as Delano, so we're cousins easily, right? Uh, I mean, uh, you have to be. I mean, just statistically, it's it's possible. So, no, that's actually <laughs> sick, though. We're gonna we're gonna need you to track that down, Josh. Like, we're you're just gonna have to. Uh, go through and, and really uh confirm because that would be sick honestly like his story is incredible and he's like gained on me in terms of like his skill set i was a little bit more hesitant in terms of like okay is he really going to be a player or not because he does seem kind of iffy and he was making like some really nervous mistakes but the last two games he's looked nice man he's looked nice he can play he just can't shoot he, he can't Even shoot at all next game i thought he's looked mm. you know when, when the first half was tough. I'm the not first gonna, half was I'm really tough, the man. Half, the first half was tough. The second half, you know, a little bit better. And then I thought he looked at least very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see what the, the organization sees. Yeah. If it works out, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, yeah. Um, I hope so. I, ho- I hope he works out, man, because his story is incredible. And I would love to continue to make Rexdale jokes, essentially. Um, what else were we going to say? Okay, so to to, um, to, to, to to Mike's point? Mark's point um, about the roster. So the Raptors actually don't have that many guaranteed roster spots uh, accounted for right now. You got Pascal, you got Fred, Goron, which we'll see what happens with him. OG, Trent, Scotty, Chris, Kim... Precious, Malachi, that's only 10 guys. Which means that a lot of these unguaranteed guys are probably going to be making the team. Now, I do wonder if Goron gets flipped for a package that includes like two or three players coming back. And that could take another, consume another roster spot. Um, I think that's probably more likely considering he makes $19 million. If he wants to go to Dallas, for example, you're probably going to need to take on Dwight Powell. You're going to need to take on another prospect, maybe even a third prospect. So, you know, that Goron spot could turn it from one into three, but that still leaves plenty of roster spots. So there's, you know, an opportunity for Utah to make the team, for Freddie to make the team, Gillespie. Although, to be honest, in the Summer League right now, oof, man, it's looking tough. Uh, Ish, Ish, there's a chance for Ish to make the team as well. So um, I, I'm not as worried right now. The Raptors clearly have... Um, it, it's not a situation where they're all competing for one spot. So... There, there is a chance, and I think Ish has a really good opportunity here. Apparently, the Raptors wanted to acquire Ish uh, last last season, midway through last season as well, but uh, his club team Strasbourg didn't um, didn't release him or didn't allow him to go. It's hard with these international leagues. You know, they have their own things to look out for, right? They're they're not just feeder teams for the rest of the the, the, the leagues. But um, it's good that the Raptors circled back and finally acquired him, and clearly his story is really good. So. Yeah. The transfer window closed. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh my god. Are you following what's going on in uh in, in La Liga? It's 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 awful, man. No. But so if I understand, some rich guy said he'd give all the leagues money, but then he wanted a chunk of their revenues and then everything melted down. Essentially, yeah. They were so they were trying to do the whole like super league thing, make a lot more money. Yeah. To be honest, they were just like all the leagues there are just real all the teams there are just really, really in debt, I guess. They wanted they, they implemented essentially a salary cap of this season. So then, like, n- new existing signings couldn't really come back uh, unless they fit under the salary cap. Messi was on a, you know, basically a year-to-year deal. So he accounted as a new signing. So even though he wanted to come back to Barca, or I'm not even sure if he wanted to, but even if he wanted to and Barcelona wanted to re-sign him, clearly, they literally couldn't do it. So now he's gone to PSG, which is uh, pretty, pretty wild, man. But So PSG has um, the a guy from Brazil and then... Uh... Bapet. So they're are they now going to be the like darlings of Europe, or are they not really a good team? Well, I mean, Loki. Everybody dislikes PSG. I think in football, like everybody dislikes the the wealthiest team at whatever moment. Um, so mm-hmm. like it used to be Chelsea. They had a really rich Russian owner who you know had a bunch of um, you know I guess an oligarch essentially. Um, you know, people dislike, I guess, Real Madrid for the way they were spending money. And now people are, like, disliking PSG. Also, like, you know, there's some something with, to do with Qatar, although I'm not really certain of what the politics are there. So I, I really don't have the depth to comment on that. But people, I guess, dislike the, the investment there. I guess it's the same same story with Man City, I guess, as well, in the EPL. But, yeah. um, no, that team is ridiculous, man. It's really going to be Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe up front. None Not of those yet. three guys will track back, so uh, every all the other guys are just going to have to really work hard on defense and do nothing else. But, uh, I mean, damn, that's... I mean, what what's the NBA comparison to this? Like, this will be like... Isn't it the Nets? It's... No, it's better than the Nets. It's be- I mean, you can, you can make a real case that those are the top three players in the world right now. Uh, you know, I think... No, I, I meant, like, three megastars who don't play defense. Yeah, but at least you have KD, though. At least KD plays some defense. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just it feels a little unsustainable in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a game of soccer where three guys are just three out of the ten guys on the field are not tracking back. But I mean, the closest thing would be the KD Warriors, which someone mentioned. Although I will have to say, as good as Clay Thompson was, was he a top ten player at that time? Yeah. Maybe. Like, I would say top twelve. Draymond was also in the mix too. But like, we're talking about like at worst, PSG has three of the top five players in the world. And, um, yeah, and then they have Italy's goalkeeper. They just signed him. You know, he was obviously sensational in the, in the Euros. Mm-hmm. Just a really good keeper in general, Donnarumma. So, they have that. They they signed Sergio Ramos. <laughs> Wait, really? I, yeah, Sergio Ramos on the team. All right, so, again, <laughs> La Liga. Everybody who's who's any good in La Liga has been sold. <laughs> so, really sad. Um, so, he's gone. He's joined PSG. You have... Oh my God. Yeah, I mean they got Gini Wijnaldum in the mid, in the midfield. They have uh, Verratti as well. It, it's ridiculous. Like you, you really want to so play with this team in FIFA. How many times have you seen the Kevin Durant my next uh, the next my next chapter uh, meme posted with PSG's logo? It's got to be every few minutes. You know the thing is, you would think that um, NBA Twitter humor is like really really lowbrow. Um, because yeah. you have these memes that are recycled for like seven to eight years, like the crying Jordan meme or this my next chapter meme. Football Twitter is the freaking worst. It it is just people making these weird 
uh, Pessy comments and stuff like that. I don't know. It's terrible. It, it's even worse too. Oh, they got Hakimi as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. Yes. Anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, I don't know more summarily. What do you think of Malachi so far? Some I saw someone say that uh, he he's trying to be Allen Iverson, which is really funny to me. I was like, yeah, you know what? He is trying to be AI with this team. <laughs> Why? Why is he trying to be AI with this team? I'm really happy for Malachi. I think that he had this like fits and start season, like the weird G League gobble. Like he's just all, he's awesome. He, he looks like he looks like a pro. I'm really excited for him. I am. It's weird. He's just there to bail out the team when they're unable to generate any offense. Mm. So I'm hoping that he's able to continue that trend uh, in the regular season for the main club. But he looked awesome. He the bicep curls paid off. Sure. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm just really like excited for him because he got this. I don't know. Yeah, he he won that um, uh, rookie of the month in April or May. Yeah. April. Yeah. I guess the season ended in May. So he's developing. I'm hoping that he just gets to play lots of minutes, backing up Fred VanVleet next year because he's he's been like legitimately awesome. Like he. Um, I like that he's incorporated the Kyle Lowry minted three on two fast break pull up three. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been nice to see. Um, and he's able to get past guys. I I want him to find a pick and roll partner that he can get yeah. really mature with. He hasn't. I don't think I'm, he's assisted Precious even once yet, which is uh, no. That, and that would be not ideal. Time, <laughs> two games together, man. You, you, know, you guys are going to be yeah. playing lots of time together, man. Please uh, find a way to. Or a lob or something. I mean, pocket yeah, pass so or something. That's probably the only thing that I'd look to see him do mm. is get some chemistry with Precious because they're going to play a lot alongside one another. What have, what, what have your been your takeaways been? Uh, yeah, my takeaways have been he's clearly trying to improve his scoring, which is something that I think is crucial to his game. Um, he's a guy who's going to have to impact the game with his scoring to then translate that over to his uh, his assisting. So he's going to have to do that. Um, and this team, I agree with you, his percentages are going to be low in this context because he's just going to have to end so many possessions and create. It's it, it's tough, man. And one of the things that's hard about judging basketball is sort of like, um, you know, there's play creators and there's play finishers. And play finishers are almost universally going to be more efficient than play creators just based on how difficult their job is relative to what everyone else has to do. But... Um, yeah, he's been he's been okay. I mean, I would love to see a game where he has like eight or nine assists. Though, can we do that? Can we just have one game where he looks to set other guys up? Because uh, we know Malachi's got a spot on the team. It's not even worried. He's got a spot in the rotation. He's not even have to worry about that, right? So, set up the other guys who clearly want to, um, you know, make you know at least make an impression and give him opportunities. Like, can we see that for the last game here? Can we see him try to? Great for others. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Because I don't really want to see like two or three assist games from him. Like that's from a starting point guard. Like that's kind of low. It's very low. It's not even. I I don't. I'm not sure he's working that hard. But I I, I hope that I feel I feel fine about him going into next season. But you're right. He hasn't done anything to make Precious look better. Um, you worried about Scotty? Am I worried about Scotty? No, like he's not gonna like. What's his role gonna be this off this next season? The thing that is weird to me about Scotty is he looks so much faster on defense than he does on offense, mm. and I don't know what 
that is about. Mm. Um, because I'd like to see him be able to get past a guy, create space, create an advantage so that he can score. And that, I don't know, that's my worry with Scotty, but I don't know. I don't, how high are my hopes supposed to be? Like, I, I saw it as a problem in his tape. I saw it as a problem at Summer League, and I, I, I guess I trust the team's development staff to fix it. What what are your big takeaways on Scotty? Um, well, I, I think number one, the defense is is, is there. Um, I think that 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 is. We knew coming into this thing that like I, I remember, like I, just because we drafted him doesn't mean we have to change everything or we thought about him before, right? That's not really an objective way to think. Um, coming into this draft when we were sort of preparing for it, the reason why I was more in the camp of getting Suggs, right? Uh, was sort of like, I liked a lot of what Scotty brings. I, I liked, you know, a, a lot of his potential. I like his defensive versatility. I love his attitude. Everything like that's great. Um, but I wasn't convinced he was, like, I thought, it, I, I, think, I think I said on the podcast, like, if you told me if he's coming off the bench playing 20 minutes a game next season, is he going to score five or six points per game? I'm like, yeah, that's roughly kind of what you're looking at. Right, because that's what the offensive skill set is at the moment, and I know that people that that sounds terrifying to people because like we just tanked for a whole season, we got the fourth pick, we're getting a guy to replace Stanley Johnson. That doesn't make sense to you, right? The the goal is sort of to have him develop into that. But I mean, again, you know, we we joke and kid, but like if Scotty and, and Stanley played a game of one on one, I'm not really sure who wins that. Right now, right now, yeah. as players, just because his offensive skill set is rough, we've seen him like you know, miss point-blank layups, which I don't think is something that is going to be a problem going forward or that's going to be a long-term problem, like he has no touch or anything like that. But, like, it's that's where he is at right now. He's more raw. He's not a guy who's going to create that much for himself. Now, what I would like to see more is the ball flow to him or at least plays called in specifically for him. Um, I asked uh, Coach Matumbo about this after the game yesterday. I was like, hey, how do you look to get Scotty more involved? Um and he's a, and he said that it's sort of a responsibility on him as a coach. He wants to do it more. It's also a responsibility on Scotty to sort of initiate, uh, pro, you know, um, pro, just impose himself on the game. I think he has good instincts in that he's always trying to play make for others, which is good. And he's making the right passes. But at the same time, I want to see him attack going downhill. The one thing I really liked from Scotty so far is that he's he's gone to the free throw line a ton. Um, yeah, it, it's I think he's at like twenty free throw attempts or something like that over three games. even Maybe even more. He obviously had that one game with 13 that really bumped it up. He can drive. He can attack. He can, He's so strong that like when he when he's going downhill, guys are probably going to have to foul him. So I do want to see yeah. him with the ball in his hands a little bit more often. But um, but yeah, I mean, this is sort of the, the, the prospect that the Raptors chose to take on. It doesn't mean that he's is bad. He doesn't mean that, you know, it's a mistake because, you know, Suggs looks better at Summer League at this current moment. That doesn't make any sense. But... Um, you have to give it time, but at the moment, this is sort of where it's at. So, yeah. It'll be fun to see him in transition with uh, Flynn and Achula next year. That's He's going to have some really fun, you know, clips. Like, he's, he's, a, yeah, yeah. he's a guy who you notice when he's on the court, which is, I guess, always the biggest worry when you take a project is a guy who doesn't feel it's kind of like the Andrew Wiggins early on thing. Like Andrew Wiggins was a good, pro- a good but flawed prospect coming into the league, and then you watch him this first season, and then you have the thing where like is uh, Andrew Wiggins on the court, mm-hmm. and that was where when I sort of started to like you know 
get worried about what he can be like as a pro, and I don't think that Scott will have that problem. He is yeah. too dynamic, too committed to making an impact on a game, um, and too damn competitive, I think, for that. So Yeah, I do love yeah, that portion. The, and, and that's the thing where when I, when I talk to um, uh, David Thorpe about sort of his evaluation of, of Scotty, one of the main things he said was, you're going to have to get him into the mindset where it's his responsibility to attack and make him choose his own number more often. And I do think that that's a mindset too. You can't, you, you shouldn't see him go through games where, yes, okay, the Raptors, you know, play mostly flow on offense. The ball's going to rotate around. You know, you're either going to get an opportunity or not. But like, you know, there is an opportunity. I mean, you're, you're on the court. You have the opportunity to demand the ball and go attack. And, and so I think that's something that Scotty has to do a little more often. Uh, but again, this is so early in his career. People are just overreacting on, on things that are so, so small right now. The sample size is so small. Gotta give it time to grow. The Raptors were not looking for the best guy right now. They're looking for the best guy they think will be the best player in three to four years. And I, I see a lot from Scotty that are very, very intriguing pieces to his game that he can he can build out. So, uh, with that said, we're gonna go to our last caller today, Ignacio from Spain. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Hello. Good. Good evening from Spain. All right. Good evening, or good afternoon from Toronto. Great, it's, a, it's amazing for me and to be in your program. Okay, I'm a rapper from from Madrid. Okay. And from Atletico Madrid. <laughs> uh, well, well, congrats <laughs> and, on that. Uh... I'm just really happy with with. Uh... Yes, I'm really happy with with how what I'm seeing this summer league. Um. These um, young players that play a lot of defense, they should uh, be developing in their three sh- three point shot. That, but I think I'm I'm seeing a lot of um, unselfish playing. So this is really good for Nigner's um, type of game. And I think we have to be patient because this is not we we will not be in 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 one year two years uh, being contending and. But if we if we keep calm, we can have a really really amazing project. And Princess Ashiva, I think, it has been an an amazing new new asset for our team. I think. Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, and and that and that's exactly the thing. I think in in, in the Nickner style of basketball, I don't think you're gonna see. First off, you're gonna see really, really pressure defense, right? Like pickup points can be really high. You know, three, uh, five, ten feet behind the three point line, guys are getting picked up. They're gonna have a lot of switching. They're gonna have a lot of zone. They're gonna have a lot of arms everywhere. Clearly, that's what they, all these six nine forwards are trying to do. You're trying to. I mean, Nick Nurse was on the broadcast yesterday. He was interviewed, and, and Sam Mitchell asked him a great question. He's like, "Hey, man, you you got all these guys. You know, how are you gonna play? Like, it's gonna be like three forwards, two guards. You're gonna have like two forwards, two uh, two guards, a center. What are you gonna do?" And Nick was like, "I think I'm just gonna have five forwards at times." And I think that's that's ultimately what he's he's gone to. I mean, Nick has joked in the past that his idea would be to have, you know, all but you know five, six, ten guys who can all handle, dribble, shoot, and attack and guard. And that's kind of what the Raptors are trying to work towards. And yeah, Scotty is a guy who has fits that profile to a T, right? So, um, you are going to need to be patient, though. You're, I think the Raptors are trying to not rebuild their whole program. But they're trying to establish a style of play. They're trying to establish, you know, what they want out of this 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 next generation. And um, they have guys who are already up to speed in that program. But they're going to have to bring all these other guys in. And um, yeah, I'm really curious to see how it works. To be honest, it's it's almost like 
it's almost like a money ball situation. Like, you really want to start playing a new style and sort of innovate. And that's not to say the Raptors are the first team to get, you know, a whole bunch of wings and play them together. It's not necessarily that innovative of a thought in basketball. But I am very curious to see sort of how this group works because it is a team that is really light on play creation in a half-court setting, but just has so much defensive potential and so much uh, ability to play in transition. And I think that's largely the two tenets of what Nick wants to do, so... I'm really happy that Messi signed with us. This is amazing. This is like Messi for for Barcelona or or PSG. And let's um, I don't know what people, Raptor people, a little, not 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 all of them, but just a little bit of them have not so much patience with uh, with Messi. You know, this year was um, uh, was going to be um, uh, in. Janice, Janice Jr., Janice Summer, mm-hmm. and and it, it was going to be a good a good operation for us. We couldn't do it. Well, we we were, we were going to do some other stuff. And and um, Masai Masai is um is really clever, really smart, and he he's going a lot of a lot of uh, speed away for for us. So so just trust Masai. Our our process is Masai. We don't believe in in sort of uh, Sixers process. Our process is different, and our process is is Messiah. So just a just uh, th- this was the last thing I wanted to tell you. And I I hope uh, David David Johnson for me was doing an amazing summer league, and I hope his um, shoulder injury is going better. But I'm thinking it's not that good. And then and then Ismail Ismail Winwright I think he's going to be a good player for us. Absolutely. All right, thanks, Anaxio. Uh Good luck in uh, La Liga next year. The league should be wide open thanks for you for guys. To, thanks you guys should take it job. again. Thanks for your job. Take take care of Luis so Suarez from a, from a Liverpool f- supporter. I mean, I know he's uh, problematic, <laughs> yes, but yes, he's still sure. a very, very good player, we'll man. One of the greatest strikers ever. <laughs> so. Nice to meet you. Good afternoon from here. Good evening from Spain. All right. Cheers. Okay, Josh. Which uh, Toronto Toronto centric event do you think gets accomplished next? Drake releasing his next album, CLB, and um, the Eglinton West Crosstown mm. being completed, or um, we ever hear from uh, Moji again? What happens next? Oh my God, the the legend Moji. Damn, <laughs> please, man, come out with more music, please. Uh, you know, Halal Gang, everything like that. I mean, no, honestly, like uh, that's tough. That is tough. I, I actually, I was. Driving by Keel and Eglinton, the uh, on the weekend, the station looks pretty good, man. Station looks pretty good. There's no service, <laughs> but the station looks good. It, it, it would be a, a top a top ten, I guess, to a TTC station. Um, but uh, yeah, that's not gonna happen, man. That's not gonna happen. So, what was the first thing you said? Um, Eglinton West, a Drake drop certified lover boy. Yeah. Or we, uh, you know, hear from Moji. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to go with the first one there. We're gonna, I mean, I mean, Drake drops projects like every six months, man. Does enough? Does I think he needs like as an artist, like you need to have more things happen in your life. You gotta give him more time, man. You can't just be dropping albums every six months. Like you're gonna have less to say each time. You gotta, it's you been gotta go live lot. life. Yeah, what's he gonna drop? What's what's the what, what's gonna be on the album? He's gonna talk about how he was, you know, in the Dodgers stadium, stuff like that, with the date, like. 
you know, what else has happened in his life? He's, his kids growing up. You know. Yeah, I mean that that is about it. It's just you know. Yeah. People are excited for it. Looking forward to hearing from uh, the global and Do you think he's at a Raptors game this season? Yes. That's absolutely. Probably, that... Yeah. Bro, he had the yeah. Banton at his house. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he gave these guys TTC tickets, man. He gave them the TTC tokens too. I I know Drake got tokens somewhere in his house. <laughs> Just in like a yeah, like in the drawer by his front by the in the drawer by his front door. He's like, I yeah. I'm sure we have something that can get you uh, to York Mill Station. <laughs> He's got. You, can you imagine the walk from York Mill Station to Drake's house? <laughs> Yeah, that's nasty, man. Because um, there's a, not a bus that goes up there. <laughs> no, there isn't. And, and honestly, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if Drake has like those little dime bags that you used to get the um, the tokens in. Oh yeah, yeah. What happened man. to the token? We're, we're no more tokens. I guess we got we got the cards now. Um, wow, this is riveting podcasting right now. Uh, in, in speaking of Toronto and things like this, we got to come to our signature segment. So Stanley suggestions it doesn't look like Stanley's going to be back at this. No, point. yeah. Who who are you thinking becomes the new? Delano's destinations. I do like that because he is from Toronto. But the thing is, the spirit is we have to recommend for things for him to do in the city. And Delano's probably already done most of these things. Like, what are we going to tell him to do? Like, take to, you know, take whoever your <laughs> the, the shorty of the the, the month is to, to CNE. Like, we, can, we, we can't. Is CNE we can't back? Do that. No, no, can't it's still right? not back, man. It's, uh, Toronto's not back until CNE is back. Yeah. Um, Wainwright's watch list. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. I don't know. I who, who, who do you, you know what? Name. I got it. Scotty's. We're going back to Scotty's suggestions. So no more Stanley. We're we're going to shift that to Scotty. How's that? Because he All seems right, like so an outgoing like guy too. Like he's already hit. More Toronto than, than I think Kawhi did in the entire year in Syria. All he did was go to the hotel, go 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 to the games, and go to um and go to uh what's the Cactus Club. So let's go with uh, Scotty's suggestions. I think the first one, and I have to recommend this because I've been enjoying it so much, is uh, the White Lotus on HBO. Oh, it's like a limited gonna... series. Wow, All right. is that what you're gonna say? I was gonna, I was gonna say, yeah. Oh, I've been. It's been so good. Yeah. I mean. Like it because of the like crap weather, I got started, mm. and then now I'm hooked, and I have to finish the series. I need to know who is in the box. Um, was, right, and also Jennifer Coolidge has been so, so unbelievably funny. so funny. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna recommend that, and uh, I'm trying to think if there's somewhere that I've like eaten or gone to that I've I think people should check out. Mm. Um, I don't know, but what's what's your recommendation or your uh, suggestion? Um, my suggestion would be, well, I mean, I was I was gonna suggest watching the White Lotus, um, which has been really good. I haven't seen the, the last episode just yet, but um, go to Peppers. Have you gone to Peppers Cafe? Pepper. I haven't, but I, I, I it is on my list. Yeah. yeah so, so, <laughs> so it, it's weird because on the outside it looks like um. I don't know, a place you will go to buy beer and hot dogs or something like that. But then you walk inside, you can buy hot dogs, and I guess you can buy beer as well. But it's sort of like a little bit of an Asian grocery store kind of thing where they have a lot of the Asian snacks. So you can get your, like, high chews, your um, your pockies, you know, whatever else. Those, like, weird little lychee gummies. Um, but you can get some nice beer in there, too. But, I mean, honestly, the food is actually pretty good. They got really good curly fries. 
again, you're mostly talking about like um, simple stuff like you know burgers, uh, hot dogs, and, and fried chicken. But they have pretty good hot fried chicken as well. It uh, tastes a lot like the- KFC. Did you go before you moved away from... Because those used to be your ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I did go. Okay. Uh, I, I would go there. I would get the three-piece um, chicken combo with a scoop of rice and oh, yeah. some slaw. That's the move. And then... Fried chicken and white rice? Go yeah, eat. I was going to say. That's the thing. People kind of look down on it. It's really not bad, okay? It's Ch- bad. Chicken and rice in any combination is fire. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that right there, and then I would eat that, and then afterwards I will go shoot at the school nearby. <laughs> so that was really my go-to. Uh, I do miss it, although I'm still close enough where I can go whenever I want. But yeah, yeah. Pepper's Pepper's Cafe. So someone suggested um, Ish's itinerary, which is pretty good. That is pretty good. Yeah. Um, I went to Tom's Dairy Freeze for the first time in like years. Oh, I took wow. my partner, and she'd never been. It's like man. This place hits so hard. Yep. It's like a Etobicoke institution down by the lake, um, catching up with your buddies from high school. But yeah, not, nothing like it. So mm. if you are in the West End, go to Tom's Dairy Freeze, especially while, while you know there are a few few weeks of summer left. Um, it truly, truly hits. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's only like six or seven spots total in Etobicoke. <laughs> it's a very dispersed <laughs> place, but uh, that's definitely one of them, man. And maybe afterwards, like... I don't know, go to Apache Burger or something? Buy, Come buy, on. buy Kipling Station. Have you ever been to Apache Burger? Apache Burger only exists for people who are going to Kipling Station to look at it and say, I've never been there. It looks interesting. If I'm going to be completely honest, no, I have not gone. But I have gone to the Wendy's slash Tim Hortons across the street. Yeah. <laughs> and I've gone to the Starbucks there, too. My God. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I, why am I fronting like I've been to uh, Apache? I mean, it looks interesting, but I, I still have never gone. That's tough. Well... Josh, I guess uh, that brings it into our show. I, um, it's, it's been a really fun season. And, um, you know, it's, it's been great listening to callers. We apologize for the technical delays and stuff like that. These things cannot be helped. This is part of the, the struggle with the live show. But uh, we hope that, uh, you know, it was fun. And, yeah, it was, thanks to all the callers for calling in this season. Going to miss talking to fans. And, uh, Josh, I'm going to be seeing you, you know, in real life very soon. Are we gonna? Rep- we should yes. recommend Chop Chop. To be honest, maybe you'll find us there. To be honest, we you should recommend Chop Chop. Catch, catch me like and Josh that. eating chili fish and uh, what what else do they have? Cuban yeah. lamb on on the streets. So yeah, on uh, Dundas and Bathurst. Yeah, there you go. All right. So thanks everyone for watching. Thanks everyone for listening. And uh, yeah, summer league. It's 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 been real. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.